this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Hey, let me ask you, have you ever considered how important serving is when it comes to being a follower of Jesus? That, that serving in many ways is one of the essential things that we need to do? Well, regardless of where you land on the answer to that question, that is where we are going to spend our focus here today around not only is serving essential, but why is it so key? This is a series that is about essentials in following Jesus. What are some of the beliefs? What are some of the behaviors when it comes to us as followers of Jesus? It's, it's a series that is really built upon this final statement that Jesus makes to his followers in Matthew chapter 28. And it's a, a statement that, that in many ways lays the framework for everything else they are going to do. And at the very beginning, in, Jesus says this. He says, I want you to go and make disciples. Now, now, now a disciple is, is someone who is a follower of Jesus. And so essentially Jesus is saying, I want you to go and lead others to me. And oftentimes we may think, well, that's in terms of what I say, or that's in terms of how I behave. But have you ever thought that one of the keys to leading people to Jesus is not just simply what we say, not just simply how we behave, but are we willing to serve? I don't know about you, but, 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 but serving is not always something that comes naturally, does it? Like there'll be times where I'll go into my kitchen. Actually, I'm recording this from my kitchen and these two examples come to mind. When, and, I, and I see the dishwasher and I have a, a dirty dish and I go to put it in and I realize the dishwasher needs to be emptied and I'm thinking maybe I can just leave it on the counter, walk away and someone else will do this because I don't really want to. Or, or if I see someone about to start washing dishes, I'm like, oh, I was going to do that in the back of my mind the whole time thinking, I am so glad they are doing it because now I don't have to. It, serving for me is sort of like exercise. We, we know it's important. We, we know it's valuable. You know it's a benefit. But it doesn't come naturally. And if this is something that you struggle with, know that you are in good company. Because I want to turn to a passage in the Bible where it's near the end of Jesus' ministry and his disciples, those that have been with him for a number of years, make a rather unusual request. And the interesting thing is the context of it is Jesus has just told them about how he's about to go to Jerusalem. He's going to be betrayed, handed over. He's going to be crucified. Then he's going to be risen from the grave. Pretty important things to be saying. But it's almost as if the disciples aren't even paying attention. They're, they're, they're like not even listening because James and John, two that are closest to him, immediately following this in-depth, intense conversation that Jesus has, kind of pull Jesus aside and say, hey, listen, listen, listen. Um, we, we want you to do me a favor. We, we want you to do something for me. And Jesus is like, oh, okay, well, what is it? And they're like, listen, listen. When, when you enter into your glory, can one of us sit on your right and one of us sit on your left? Basically, they're like, we want positions of prominence. We want positions of power. We know you're going to Jerusalem and we think amazing things are going to happen. I wonder if this was like one of those slap your forehead moments for Jesus where he's like, first of all, you, you have no idea what it is you're asking for. And, and second of all, that's, that's not my role to, to give you this place. Well, not unsurprisingly, 
the other disciples catch wind of this, and they are none too impressed. They, they, they're indignant, we're told. They are annoyed. And, and, and no kidding. And I wonder if in part of them, they're thinking, man, we should have asked the question, right? Jesus, can, can we be in positions of power and authority? Because I think underlying, they were struggling with this idea of, listen, like, like we, don't, we don't want to serve. We, we want others to serve us. And it's here that Jesus lays down something critical and crucial. We pick it up in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 to 45. It says, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was using this as an opportunity to say, my way is different. That that one of the keys to being a follower is to be willing to serve, regardless of what your position may be, regardless of what your aspirations may be, regardless of how gifted you may be, are you willing to? To serve, because Jesus says two things that I just want to focus on today. He says, Among you, it will be different. I, I think it's right there that Jesus is acknowledging listen, listen, serving is not always the natural way you want to go. That, 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 that there is this, this desire within us. There's, there's almost this move within our culture of, of I don't want to be, I don't want to serve. I, I want to be served. And so I'm going to rise the ranks. I'm going to, I'm going to become more prominent. I'm going to look for opportunities so that others can serve me. But Jesus says, but among you, it'll be different. And then the final thing that that Jesus says is for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. One of the essentials to being a follower of Jesus is this willingness, this, this mindset that we are to serve, that that following Jesus is, is not about like, hey, what favors can you do for me? What, what, what are you going to sort out for me, Jesus? But rather, what are the ways that I can serve others? What are the ways that I can serve you? I believe one of the great hurdles we have to overcome is this mindset that it's all about me. That, that I'm going to look for ways for others to serve me. When Jesus says, go and make disciples, one of the primary ways that this begins to happen is when we take a posture of being willing to serve, of of, of recognizing that it is going to be different among us. Back to the passage. Can you sort of relate, sort of acknowledge the fact that maybe too often we are looking to be served as opposed to serving? And And so what does it start to look like to serve in your family, to serve in your community, to serve in your workplace or at school, or to serve in your church. As a church, one of the, one of the key things for us is, is the number of people who serve in different ways, in remarkable ways. 
It could be with ministries like the Raw Carrot or Community Dinner. It can be through ministering to kids or to youth. It can be running tech or, or, or being a musician. It can be serving coffee. It can be welcoming at the door. There are so many ways to serve and they're so essential because they are one of the primary ways that we begin to make disciples. If, if we didn't have people serving, if we didn't have volunteers, none of the ministries would happen. I mean, this, this, this very online presence wouldn't happen. I mean, we have, we have volunteers recording and, and editing and, and doing work that without them, it wouldn't happen. But there's something else. Because I don't want this to come across as like, okay, I get it. I need to serve. This is essential. Because then we take the attitude of these are just like more chores to do for God, right? Like, okay, what, what are my chores? What, what, what is it I got to do? But rather there's something else at work. That it's in our serving that God begins to work in us as well. I've invited a, a friend from the church to come and to share a little bit of his story. And it's in his story that you begin to see the impact that serving has made and why serving is so essential. So let's jump into that conversation and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more. Great, so uh, here we are uh, with, with Rob. And uh, first of all, Rob, thank you for uh, taking time to kind of hang out with me on camera. Um, but, but more so, just to be able to share a little bit of uh, your story uh, with all of us. I've known you for a number of years and uh, we've had many uh, conversations out on decks. And uh, I just think it's so valuable for, for people to hear um, your story. So let's jump back a little bit uh, before you started coming to PPC. Uh, tell me a little bit about like, your faith background, growing up, going to church, was that a part of your life? What did that look like? I was very much brought up in a Christian family. Um, when I was about four or five years old, my mother switched over to Seventh-day Adventist. At that point, one of her brothers had done it, that as well. So we picked up two families, moved out to Alberta, and so that all of us kids could end up going to a Christian school. I went through Christian schools all the way through to grade 10 until I finally looked at my parents because they were living in Kitchener. I was living in Oshawa and I said, bring me home. Right. I'm done. Yeah. And I was kind of done with religion at that point too. So, but it was every week, multiple times a week. Right. So you had a journey that's probably similar to, to some people watching where maybe you started going to church as a kid. You got to that adulthood, teenage years, you're like, I'm kind of done. Yeah. Uh, but you're now going to our church. And so how did that happen? Well, my wife really wanted the kids to have a background in God because she had also grown up in a church. I wasn't so thrilled with going, but Nicole was going to the church for youth group. Yeah. Veronica had gotten to know Rebecca, your wife at the school bus stop, so we ended up going. But I had told my wife flat out at the beginning, only every other week, because I just no interest in being there every week. Right, so a little bit of a negotiation, yeah. and uh, you're going more than every week. You're here almost every <laughs> week, right? Yes. Uh, so clearly church became important to you. Um, what, what, what kind of flipped the switch? Like what, what was the impact? And then, and then how did you start getting involved? That first Sunday we walked in. I sat down, we're looking around, it's like, oh, okay, it's just a regular church. Did music, I thought that's interesting because it was a mixture of contemporary and 
hymns than you taught. And the first thing that crossed my mind was, wow, he's teaching. Hmm. Not something I'm used to. And then that day also, your sermon spoke directly to us. We had some conflict going on where we were living, and it was things we were having some difficulty with, and that sermon really spoke to us. Hmm. And then how I got involved is Nicole was involved with the youth band. Okay. And the music director, who was Chuck at the time, found that I knew how to play guitar and asked me to come play bass. I didn't know what I was doing, but I gave it a shot anyway, and I'm still doing it. <laughs> yeah, so if you, if you have people show up on Sundays, most weeks, they'll be able to, uh, to see you playing. Um, and so a number of years have been going, going passing by. Um, you hit a dark place in your life. Yeah, I did. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? When I grew up, alcohol was something that was a complete no help. So when I was able to do my own thing, I liked drinking. Mm. And it got to the point where I became an alcoholic. I never stopped coming to church because I was still part of the praise team. And I only drank at night, but that didn't make, any, make it any better. But it was just, I finally came to a point where I could no longer pretend that I wasn't what I was. Mm. And I ended up having to go sober and about four and a half years ago. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, first of all, like, thanks for, for, sh for sharing that. I mean, people watching, I think maybe some can really relate to that as well. Um, and so you're an alcoholic, you come to this place of saying something needs to change. Um, did the church play a role in, in, in your recovery and you're taking that next step? Very much so. Because I had the anchor of the church, that day, the, the, the very Sunday after I had gotten sober, I came in, I talked to you, I talked to Chuck, and I went right back to the Preston because mm. that's, well, that was my connection with the church. I, I, I remember that Sunday. I remember standing on the steps and having that conversation and being so impressed by the fact that, that you were willing to admit it. Um, because so often I think people in church grow up and are like, and we all, we all screw up. We all make mistakes. They think, well, shame and guilt. I can't come here. I can't, I can't be a part of this. And so it is so refreshing to hear that, that, that you saw church as, as a means to your recovery. So now four and a half years sober, yeah. that's amazing. Um, and like, why, like, why is it important for you to be? Involved. I mean, with the praise team, with the other things that you're doing in the church. Well, I didn't just come to church to fill a pew. In the end, it, it became, you talked about community a lot. Mm. And for it to be, for it to truly feel like community, I needed to be part of that community. I needed to be involved. The praise team is my way of being involved, and it became my anchor. It It is what allowed me to feel strong enough to come talk to you and Chuck. It, without that, I don't know where I'd be. Wow. Well, thank you, Rob. Um, it has been uh, amazing getting to know your family and um, hearing your story. And, you know, I know we could talk for a lot longer, but uh, I'm, I'm convinced, you know, when people may be watching this right now and showing up to church and being like pulling you aside. So, um, so thank you. Appreciate your story. Appreciate your faith, and just appreciate your willingness to uh, to follow Jesus in in all of life.
yeah, it's it's hard to describe in words or even feelings the the strength that I get. That's awesome. That's awesome. I hope I hope for those watching uh, that this is helpful. Um, and if you want to have a conversation with Rob, you want to have a conversation with me, uh, we would uh, love to uh, connect with you. I, I really hope that that conversation with Rob was encouraging, was beneficial to you. I, I know it was to me. But I really hope you start to see just how essential serving is. Not, not just simply as a means of serving others, but because of when we take the posture of serving, the impact it has on us as well. Rob said it. It's because he got involved. It's because he began to serve that, that actually enabled a portion of his recovery from alcoholism. That, that God was surrounding him with people who could support him and could encourage him as well. When it comes to being a follower of Jesus, serving is essential. Not just simply in what we can accomplish for God, but so what God can accomplish in you as well. So, so what does this look like? What does it look like for you to start taking a posture of looking to serve and not be served? To, to focus a little less on yourself and, and to focus more on others in your family, in your community, at work or school, wherever it may land. What does it look like to take a posture with a church to say, not what am I going to get out of it, but, but rather what are the ways in which I can serve? Listen, if you, if you show up in, in person, uh, we'd be more than happy to, to connect you with one of the various ministries to, to help you begin to take this step of serving. But maybe even right now, one of the ways that you can help serve us as a church is through prayer. Would you consider this week just taking time every day to pray for our church, to pray for our leadership, to, to pray for our ministries, to, to pray for the impact that we are having in our community. So that as a church, we truly can take the words of Jesus seriously to go and make disciples. Serving is not always natural. It doesn't always come easily. But it is essential. Because it was Jesus who served us in giving of his life. And we are called to serve, to make disciples, but also, as Rob shared, to begin to see the impact that serving can have in our life as well. So I'll leave it with you. Remember these words of Jesus. Among you, it will be different. And so how can you serve this week in a way that has the potential to draw others closer to Jesus. Let's pray as we conclude. And so, Lord God, I just pray that as people are watching, as people are listening, wherever they may be, that there be an opportunity for them to see ways in which they can serve, ways in which they can be involved in, in helping others. We all have different gifts, we all have different abilities, and for that we are grateful. And so, Jesus, help us this day to take this next step of faith serving others, and serving you. We ask it in your name. Amen.
And so now may the blessing and love of God the Father Almighty, the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen. to our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.